Welcome to the Harbor Church Weekly Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's message. For more information, visit us online at www.theharborli.com. We are starting a new series that we're very excited for in both campuses called The Comeback. Everyone loves a good comeback story, right? So I don't know if you're into sports or not, but, you know, for some of the guys and maybe some of the girls, I'll share with you a couple of great comeback stories. You might remember back in the 70s, remember the great comeback of Muhammad Ali when, as a boxer? Remember those days? Uh, greatest comeback of all time. Uh, maybe you're a little younger. You might remember the 90s. You remember a guy named Michael Jordan, 1995, one of the great comebacks. And if you're like a newborn, you would remember the, the 2019 Masters Tournament with the great Tiger Woods making the comeback of a lifetime, winning the Masters Tournament. So we all like a story of the comeback. And that's going to be the... Uh, that's going to be the theme for the next few weeks. We're not going to go real long with this, but we're going to talk about stories in the Bible of people that were once down and out. Maybe they'd failed. Maybe they just had some, some difficult things happen to them. But uh, God is a God of the comeback. And so we could just call you the comeback kids. How's that? So we're going to talk about, we're going to look at some people today uh, in the Bible, and, and we're going to just talk a little bit about that today. I've entitled the message today, Appointment, Disappointment. Appointment, Disappointment. And uh, we're going to kind of delve into that a little bit. Disappointment is, um, when you look at the dictionary uh, definition of it, it says the emotion felt when one's expectations are not met. So disappointment is a part of life. Maybe this past week there are people sitting here today that um, you experienced disappointment this week in some way. Maybe uh, you got bad news from your doctor. Maybe uh, someone that you loved or cared about passed away. Maybe a relationship that you've had for a long time ended and you're heartbroken over that. Maybe you have a, a child that's making the wrong decisions um, they're in trouble. You're disappointed. So, so disappointment is something that we deal with all the time. But I want you to know something. I don't want you to forget this. Uh, do you know that disappointment doesn't come from God? God appoints. He doesn't disappoint. You have to remember that today. When you look at the word appointment in the scripture, or in the scripture, in the dictionary, if I could talk, it would be awesome to communicate. Um, uh, the state or fact of being chosen for a position or a duty. So God appoints all of us. All of us are chosen. Just turn to the person next to you and say, you're chosen. You are chosen. That means God has appointed you to something. No one understood that more than the Apostle Paul, who was one of my heroes of the faith, the Apostle Paul. And this is what he uh, uh, penned uh, in 2 Timothy. He says, God has appointed me as an apostle and a teacher to proclaim the good news. And it is for this reason that I suffer these things. But I am still full of confidence because I know whom I have trusted, and I'm sure that he is able to keep safe unto that day what he has entrusted to me. What has God entrusted you with? Your family, your children, your career, your, maybe some of you own your own businesses and you've got employees that God has entrusted you with to watch over, to care, to you know, generate enough income so that they can uh, 
so that you can make payroll. Uh, you know, there, there's a lot of different areas. Maybe you're in law enforcement or you're in some sort of governmental position and you've been entrusted with much. And, and Paul is saying that God uh, can keep those things safe that you've been entrusted with. But I think it's interesting when you look at the whole picture of Paul, um, <clears throat> he says, yeah, I've been appointed to preach the gospel and to teach and this and that. That's why I'm suffering these things. But you need to understand that he is writing this literally from prison. He was in prison because of the appointment that God gave him. And so it goes, it goes to say in verse 8, Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus. He has saved you. He has called you. He has uh, graced you. And he has purposed your life. Isn't that exciting? See, you're not alone. You're not doing this alone. God has a plan and a purpose for your life. He has appointed you for something. To appoint means to be given a name, to be given a position, and to be given authority. So uh, God has given you his name. He has appointed you to do something, and you are to act and function in his authority. You are appointed. And let me ask you a question. Do you know what your God-given appointment is? You might be a lady that's just passionate about raising your kids and taking care of them and instilling in them godly virtues and principles. You're just passionate about it. It's what you live for. You know what? That is a high calling. That is a high appointment. Maybe, maybe uh, you're passionate about uh, missions work or uh, you're passionate about teaching or maybe you're a mentor. I know there are several people here that mentor kids from difficult backgrounds and you take time out of your schedule to mentor them and you're passionate about that. You're passionate about changing someone's life. Maybe uh, the, greatest, the greatest appointment could be being a friend to someone who's unlovable who's not friendly, being a friend and, and being a faithful friend and being someone who um, is always there for them. That whatever your appointment is, do you know what it is? Do you know what your appointment is? Maybe you love business and you just, the juices start flowing when you're doing business and you're good at generating income and you're good at, uh, you know, closing deals and all. That's, that's great. That's a gift. I don't have that gift. You have that gift. And you know what? God will use you to advance his kingdom. What a high calling that is. So where I lack, you excel, and vice versa. You see how it all works. And together, we become this incredible symphony for God that accomplishes his appointment and his purpose for our lives. So once you understand that thing that burns down inside of your heart, that gets down inside of you, and, and it's, you, you just, you're in your lane, you're, you're doing what you're called to do, it's that thing that literally connects your life with the very reason that you're here on earth. A lot of people go through life, they don't know what that is. And, and, and they go through life without any purpose at all. What a sad thing that is, right? But to go through life with purpose, you can go through anything. The doctor says, this is going to hurt. I need to know that there's going to be purpose in that. I, I don't mind it hurting, but I want to know if, if the doctor just says, you know, let's just inflict some pain. <laughs> we're going to get our triple D-sized needle out, and we're going to jab it in your neck just to see how you react. No purpose. That's not going to happen. But if that's going to save my life, okay, I'll endure it because there's purpose in it. 
God has appointed you for an assignment. But on the other hand, disappointment is intended to dislodge you from your God-given appointment. So disappointment, if you look at the word dis, that means to go in the opposite direction. So disappointment will try to get you off your course and turn you around in the opposite direction from your God-given appointment. And do you know that um, sometimes our greatest enemies when it comes to disappointment, trying to get us to go in the wrong direction, some of the greatest enemies that we face is right here. And, and we're going to look at a few people in the Bible that, that literally tried to disappoint themselves from the appointment that God gave them. And so Moses is a great example. Moses, you know, was called to lead the children of Israel out of Egypt, out of slavery, bring them into the promised land. Uh, it was an overnight trip that took 40 years. And uh, after God appoints Moses, calls him, chooses him, Moses tries to disappoint himself from the appointment. So in Exodus 4, it says that, but Moses pleaded with the Lord, Oh Lord, I'm not very good with words. I have never been, and I'm not now. Even though you have spoken to me, I get tongue-tied, and my words get tangled. Then the Lord asked Moses, who makes a person's mouth? Who decides whether people speak or do not speak? Hear or do not hear? See or do not see? It is I, the Lord. Now go, and I will be with you as you speak, and I will instruct you in what to say. But Moses again pleaded, Lord, please, please, Send someone else. Moses was trying to disappoint himself from the appointment that God had for him. Then you got a guy like Gideon. Gideon, uh, God chose to take on the Midianites. Um, he was going to rescue his people. And it's the same, same thing in Judges 6. It says the angel appeared to him and said, Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. Now, if the Lord appeared to me, like that, and said, mighty hero, the Lord is with you, I'd be like, I'm down, what do you want to do? <laughs> if the Lord has that much confidence in me, absolutely, what are we going to do? Let's do it. Give, give, me, a, give me either a rock and a, and a slingshot or a sword or a howitzer. I don't care. Let's just get it done. The Lord knew who he was and said, called him a mighty hero. And then it goes on to say, but then the Lord turned to him and said, go with the strength you have, and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I am sending you. But here we go with the butts. Someday I'm going to do a series on the biggest butts of the Bible. The butts. But, Lord, Gideon replied, how can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh, and I am least in my entire family. The Lord said to him, I will be with you. And you will destroy the Midianites as if you were fighting against one man. It's amazing how quickly he tried to disappoint himself. We know the rest of the story that God whittled his army down to just a bunch, just what, 600 men, I think it is, against thousands, and, and they won. But you know what? It's amazing how in our minds we try to talk ourselves out of the appointment that God has spoken over us. And I love this uh, it kind of reflects Gideon's heart in verse 13. He verbalizes his disappointment. He says, Sir, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? And where are all the miracles that our ancestors told us about? Didn't they say the Lord brought us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the Midianites. So 
Uh, he, his, his view was wrong, but God ended up correcting him, and he, he did a mighty work for God. But the third guy I want to talk about today, and we're going to land on this for just a minute, and I want to look at Jeremiah today. Jeremiah is known in Scripture as the weeping prophet. And, uh, and I think he was known as the weeping prophet because he got hammered more than anybody in the Bible. He, he, was, he was abused and persecuted and mistreated and mocked uh, more than anyone that I can remember. And, and he, he, was, he, was, he was following the call of God on his life and getting his butt kicked. <laughs> you ever feel like whenever you step out to do the right thing, you step out to follow God, that it's like immediately trouble starts to happen? Is it just me or... You'll be praying like, okay, Lord, that thing, I'm, I'm done with that, and I'm going to do that. And, man, you're not even out, in the, out of the parking lot yet, and you're getting hammered already. That was Jeremiah. And, and so in Jeremiah 1, it says, the Lord gave me this message. This is Jeremiah. I, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. So he was appointed by God to be a prophet to the nations. His name was God's, the position was prophet, and his authority was to the nations. But right away, he tries to disappoint himself. Jeremiah says, oh, sovereign Lord, I can't speak for you. I'm too young. I can't tell you how many times God asks us to do something. We're like, but fill in the blank. I'm not this. I'm not that. I don't have this. I don't have that. Jeremiah is appointed by God, but as he starts to obey and follow in that appointment, he starts to experience things that he doesn't expect. He gets attacked from areas that he didn't see coming. And so the first thing that, that, that he experienced was intense persecution. And we see uh, at, at, the, at the end of the chapter, chapter 20, he's really in it. And it says, now Peshur, son of Amir, the priest in charge of the temple of the Lord. This is the priest. This is, this is in the place where he shouldn't have been persecuted. How many know sometimes you can get your feelings hurt in a church? <laughs> you know why? Because it's not perfect. And so in the house of the Lord, the priest is persecuting him. And it says that he heard what Jeremiah was prophesying. So he arrested Jeremiah, the prophet, and had him whipped and put in stocks at the Benjamin gate of the Lord's temple. And there's even another verse that even talks about, like, he hit him. So uh, Peshur was a priest of the Lord, someone who should have, it should have been a safe place. But sometimes disappointment comes from places that you wouldn't expect it. And sometimes even in the house of God. But when Jeremiah... Uh, starts to verbalize his disappointment to God, Jeremiah is convinced that God set him up, that God pulled a fast one on him and called him to something knowing that he was just going to get whooped on. And this is what he said. He said, um, Oh Lord, you misled me and I've allowed myself to be misled. You are stronger than I am and you overpowered me and now I am mocked every day because everyone laughs at me. And when I speak, the words burst out. Violence and destruction, that's what God had told them to prophesy. I shout. So, so, the, so these messages from the Lord have made me a household joke. <laughs> what a tough spot. God says, I want you to say some hard things to Israel. You obey, and then you're the laughing stock of the nation. So there's three things I want you to remember. Just we're going to go through these real quick. Number one. Every difficulty is an opportunity to defeat disappointment. 
Every difficulty is an opportunity to defeat disappointment. So I'm going to show you where the comeback is. The comeback is right here. Jeremiah says, I will not make mention of him nor speak anymore in his name. I'm done. No more. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm finished. That's what he says. Here's the comeback. In the same sentence, his heart and his attitude begins to shift, and he says, but his word was in my heart like a burning fire, shut up in my bones. I was weary of holding it back, and I could not. See the, see the, see the comeback? See the turnaround there? What God had put him into, this God-given appointment, it was not going to be taken away with his disappointment. And Jeremiah started to realize that, that it wasn't people who put him in that position, and it was, it's people that's, that can't take him from that position. It was a God-given appointment. And I believe that Jeremiah started to see that his current difficulty was indeed an opportunity to defeat his disappointment. He goes on to say, But Lord, the Lord stands beside me like a great warrior. Before him my persecutors will stumble. They cannot defeat me. They will fail and be thoroughly humiliated. Their dishonor will never be forgotten. O Lord of heaven's armies, you test those who are righteous and you examine the deepest thoughts and secrets. This was in the same breath. He took a left turn and started to praise God. He started out saying, I'm never going to do this again. And in mid-sentence, he turned. There was a comeback. He started to see what it was. And he said, I'm just going to declare your praises, God. Second thing is that short-term disappointment builds character. Short-term disappointment builds character. Paul said this. He said, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance, and endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how Dearly, God loves us because he has given us his Holy Spirit to fill his, our hearts with his love. See, many people think that character is either a byproduct or a result of success. But the truth is, success doesn't build character. Success exposes character. The truth is, you need character to walk in your God-given appointment. And sometimes the first thing that happens is once you step out into your appointment, there's difficulty, there's challenges. But you need to start to look at the difficulty and the, and, and the challenges as tests that are building your character. All through our years of ministry, there were times where we stepped out in faith into that appointment that God called us to and immediately ran into difficulties. And they make you want to quit. They make you want to walk in the opposite direction. But when you finally get a hold of it, you start to realize, you know what, this is building something in me that it wouldn't be building if I was just successful with everything my hand touched. I was convinced, man, when we planted our first church that that thing was going to run 1,000 people like within six months. And, and, and you know, when, when we were like at 50 or 60, I, I, felt, like a, I felt like a failure like, are you kidding me? This place should be packed. See, that's ego. 
That's pride. God was teaching me that the value is not in the crowd. It's in the individual. It's in the, it's in the individual person. It's, it's if I'm faithful with the s- small things, God will be faithful to me in the larger things. The greatest thing he could have done in my life at that point was to keep me throttled back so I could learn him and learn humility and learn that, you know, it's not about me. It's not about what my hand does. It's about his grace on me. God will take his time, however long it takes, to build your character so that you'll be successful in completing your appointment. Sometimes you just have to muscle through. Sometimes you just have to press in and work it out. And God's greatest gift to you is that he will not grant you success if your character is unable to sustain it. The greater your character the more God will pour into your life. The third thing is that the appointment that's within you is greater than the disappointment that you feel. Listen, you need to get to a place where what's burning inside of you is greater than the short-term disappointment that you are feeling. Make up your mind what you're going to be led by. Are you going to be led by disappointment or are you going to be led by God-given appointment. The, 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 the day that I get up and I'm no longer passionate about what I do, that's the day that I quit. But I want to tell you something. I, I've never been so passionate in my life about waking up and doing what I do and, and connecting with you people and, and you know, d- doing, what, doing what we do, doing what's in my lane to do. It, it, I'm passionate about it. I love it when I'm, when I'm away I, I, miss, I miss it. I miss you guys. I, I, you know. Now, is that saying that every day's a, a, a bowl of cherries? No. There are some days you're like, you know what, I quit. <laughs> the joke among pastors is every Monday morning you want to quit. <laughs> there are days it's like, I, man, these people are crazy. Everyone's lost their mind. Everyone's crazy. You ever feel that way about things? You know, it might be one person, but you just paint everyone with the same brush. Oh, they're nuts. They're all nuts. I'm the only one sane. <laughs> but there's a fire in my soul and it, for, for doing what I do. And, 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 and my prayer is that you, there's a fire in your soul to do what you do, to be who you are, because you are appointed by God to do something amazing. And you know what? We get into trouble when we start comparing ourselves with other people. Well, you start looking at the lane that the other person's in, you're like, man, look at them, look at me. Uh, then you start to feel like a failure. Don't do that. That's ridiculous. Stay in your lane. I like that commercial where a guy goes, stay in your lane, bro. <laughs> I love that. Just stay in your lane, bro. Stay in your lane and, 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 and understand that you are appointed to something awesome. Our band's going to come out and, and our, our hosts are going to come and distribute communion at this time. And I want to just close with a scripture that we read earlier, but I want to read it in the message paraphrase. I love the wording of it. And it says, there's more to come. We continue to shout our praise even when we're hemmed in with troubles. you ever feel like you're hemmed in with troubles? Because we know how troubles can develop passionate patience in us. And how that patience in turn forges the tempered steel of virtue. Isn't that awesome? Forges the tempered steel of virtue. Keeping us alert for whatever God will do next. 
in alert expectancy such as this, we're never left feeling shortchanged. Quite the contrary. We can't round up enough containers to hold enough, to hold everything God gener- generously pours into our lives through the Holy Spirit. When I see that, that we, that we can't round up enough containers, you know, you know what that speaks to me of? It speaks to me of the widow that um, Elijah contacted. This widow was dying. They were poor. They had no money. Her husband had, had died. She had this son. They were starving. And the prophet comes and says, what do you have in your house? And she says, I just have this little bit of oil in my house. And he says, I want you to go and I want you to borrow as many containers as you can borrow from your neighbors. As many jars, as many vessels. And so she goes and asks all of her neighbors and she gets all these vessels and these containers. And he says, now I want you to just start to pour that little bit of oil that you have into those. Now that would have seemed ridiculous. But she did it. And as she started to pour, just more and more started to come out. And she filled up every single container that she had borrowed. And when the last one was filled, the oil stopped flowing. I think of our church, our great church, the Harbor Church. And it's just an incredible place because Jesus is here and it's dear to his heart. But I think about like when we, when we planted Patchogue. You have to understand that this summer, Patchogue has, our Patchogue campus, which is just three years old, They've been breaking the 400 barrier every week. That's amazing. That means there's 400 stories. There's 400 life experiences that are represented there. There are things happening there. God is moving in in this campus as well. And, And my point is, you know, four years ago when we started to pray about this, all we did to God is we provided a vessel to the Lord and said, look it, if if we if we provide a vessel in Patchogue, you can fill it. And I think that when we do other things, other campuses, other places, it's going to be like providing vessels and God's going to fill them. But that works in our own life too, doesn't it? The areas in your life that you give to God, He will fill, and the more areas you give Him, He'll continue to fill. And the moment everything's filled, He'll stop. It'll stop flowing. Man, I just I want to be available to God to function in the appointment that He's called me to. And not, let, not, not disappoint myself from it. Because disappointment doesn't come from God. He appoints. He doesn't disappoint. Welcome to the Harbor Church Weekly Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's message. For more information, visit us online at www.theharborli.com.